This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Albion Analysis with me, Chris Hall, and him, Pete George. An impromptu pod, but prompted by the fact that West Bromwich Albion have done some business. In fact, in terms of ins and outs, it's been it's been a busy busy couple of hours at the Hawthorns. Uh, we've uh, we've seen Andy Vyman come through the door. Um, Following him out the door, although already out the door, but now on a permanent basis, is Taylor Gardner-Hickman. And then Mo Fowl, who was recalled from his loan at Doncaster after some quite spiky comments from Grant McCann at the weekend, has also gone out to Warsaw. But as you can imagine, the, the, the majority of the focus of today's pod will be on Andy Vyman. And before we get into what Pete and I think, we wanted to get the Bristol City view on Andy Vyman, because obviously he's spent a good amount of uh, of time there. He's been their skipper as well. Uh, he was the third top scorer in the, in the championship in 21-22. So Bristol City have seen more than enough of, uh, of Andy Vyman to have a view on him. And uh, therefore, we wanted to get the view of Ben from a Bristol City podcast. And uh, we uh, uh, Ben, unfortunately, wasn't able to join us but he was very very kind enough to drop me a drop me a voice note and uh, this is what Ben had to say about Andreas Weiman. With Andy Weiman, you're going to get a very versatile player you know a very experienced championship player who's played in a number of positions over a six-year period at Bristol City mainly up front for us and that's why we probably saw him in his uh, best uh, but you know we saw him in attack and midfield spot, but also we had stints at you know right back, wing back, and on the wing, um, as well as a, new, a number of other positions. We've probably seen him play every position on the pitch. To be fair, um, at Bristol City, which just shows how much of an important player he can be. Um, however, over the last year or two, he has had you know a bit of time on the sidelines out of the squad. Um, I think that's mostly due to he had a small injury, I believe, um, which put him out of the squad for a bit. And it was just really tough 
to, to make his way back into that starting eleven with the amount of young talent we've had come through the academy. Um, you know, probably the main one that you guys will recognise is Alex Scott, um, who obviously came through our academy two or three years ago, I believe. Um, you know, straight in that centre attacker midfield sort of spot, um, where we saw Andy Vyman sort of play just behind the strikers, um, the last few seasons, and obviously, you know, a player like Alex Scott with that talent, um, so young as well, it's going to be really hard to, uh, you know, get in over him, especially when Andy Vyman was what. 29-30 um, with, with a small injury as well it's going to be very hard to get back in so that's starting 11 um, however obviously he's our captain and definitely did have a huge leadership role um, both on and off the pitch so even when he wasn't playing you know, you could definitely see he was supporting and helping the younger less experienced players uh, within our squad which you know, we do have a lot of at Bristol City because we do focus a lot on building players from our academy rather than um, you know, bringing in transfers, etc. Um, we probably saw prime Andy Vyman back in 2022 when he started all 46 league games, scoring 22 goals, getting 10 assists as well. Um, but, you know, there's been some fantastic memories with Andy over the years and he's definitely a player that will leave everything on the pitch. Um, you know, he doesn't. Re- he rarely has off games as well. Um, where, where you'll probably see him best at West Brom... I doubt it'll be, you know, starting for 90 minutes because, like I said, he will leave everything on the pitch and I don't think he'll be able to do that, sadly, um, for a full 90 minutes anymore. Um, you know, coming off the bench with half an hour to go, 20 minutes to go, if you're you're chasing a goal, he's definitely the sort of player that, you know, will create chances and maybe even get the odd goal while he's with you over this second half of the season as well. And obviously, you know, he's a very experienced player, especially at the championship level, um, so he'll be able to help your younger players as well as, you know, keeping a steady ship hopefully um, using his experience finally then uh, Gardner Hickman as well you know, a lot of Bristol City fans are very happy to finally get that deal done as a permanent you know he's shone in the first half of the season with us and I think we're really looking forward to having him for the next three years as well um, he very rarely puts a foot wrong and we've seen especially you know big games away to West Ham and stuff him and Joe Williams midfield have been um, rock solid and you know he creates chances as well, scores goals. We saw probably arguably our best goal of the season so far was from uh, God him and can't remember who it was against, but you know, fantastic goal and would not surprise me if it does end up being goal of the season um, come the end of May. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me on, guys. I, I really hope Andy Vyman does do well for you guys and he can have a good final loan spell before ending his contract at Bristol City and I'm sure if he does do well for you guys then he might sign on for another year as well but yeah thank you for having me on best of luck uh, to Andy Vyman and you guys for the rest of the season and hopefully Gardner Hickman as well can can you know be half the player Andy was well they're the thoughts of, uh, of Ben there Pete what do you make of what he's got to say I mean it all it does sound pretty positive I mean we can see for ourselves that that Andy Vyman has slightly dropped out of the reckoning at Bristol City this season. Um, it's annoying me a little bit that people are saying 20 games, one goal, one assist, uh, when it, it's 815 minutes, which is actually 9.190s. Now, one goal at one assist in 9.190s, I'm not going to pretend is, is particularly good, but it's it's rather different to, uh, to 20 games, one goal, one assist. But it, it sounds like he's 
definitely a good character there's no there doesn't seem to be any doubting that he's he's continued to wear the armband despite the fact that he's been very much on the periphery of uh, of things every he's made nine starts this season and every time he started a game he has worn the captain's armband for Bristol City and it sounds like whilst he's probably not the way forward for for Bristol City this season because they they are very much focusing on youth whereas we have on average the oldest starting 11 in the championship so i think we're talking two very different ends of the of the spectrum here but it sounds like Bristol City fans or Ben in particular Pete are quite appreciative of what Vyman has done for them and that they 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 don't seem to have anything negative to say because i mean quite often when players are moved on rather abruptly uh, which which seems to be the case here because obviously Ryman only, only had 6 months to go on his uh, on his contract he could have just sat it out and continued at Bristol City but he's pursued first team football which he clearly wasn't going to get there and, and and he seems to go with their their best wishes and their appreciation for, for what he's done for them yeah it's all very promising and from what i understand and what i've read and heard is He's a player that's going to be very hard working and he's going to put in a lot of effort for his teammates. He'll make runs in behind and just make movements to try and open space up for teammates rather than just kind of, he's got an appreciation of what's around him rather than just focusing on what he can do when he gets the ball. I think he probably understands the bigger picture and I imagine that's something that Corbran um, would love from a player. And you can kind of expect that from a player that spent so long in the Premier League. Um, He's got yeah, a lot of games behind him, um, a lot of good experience, and he has been really impressive in recent seasons. I mean, this season he's, he's not been great, but he's not had too many minutes, and when he has had minutes, a fair few of them have come from the bench, so it's not easy to put that kind of run of form together. But yeah, last season he was he was averaging, I think it was 0.25 expected goals uh, per 90, which is a good number. Um, you know, you can expect him to score one in four, um, and he was also getting 0.39 expected assists per 100 passes. So when he was on the ball, he was passing into dangerous areas, creating a lot of chances. Just looking at the numbers, I think the the one thing that stands out, he, he wasn't on the ball much. He didn't complete many passes, um, far below the league average for his position. But when he does get the ball, he, he tries to put it into dangerous areas and he wants to make things happen. Um, and alongside the expected assists, having such a high expected goal number, when again you don't have too many touches of the ball on the pitch, just yeah, screams that he when he does get the ball or when he gets gets into the box, he's looking to get onto the end of crosses or make runs in behind, and he he wants to make things happen. He he's not just going to pass it around and keep it safe. He's going to be a threat, but at the same time, he's got experience to to create space for his teammates and to to be part of a team rather than just an individual. Well, one thing that jumped out of the numbers to me, Pete, as well was um, and when you look at the last three seasons. He scored 29 goals from 56 shots on target. I mean, it just it it just goes. I mean, that's that's better than one in every two shots on target going going in the back of the net. Now that is very good. That is really good finishing. As you say, he doesn't necessarily get as many chances as you would like him to get. He doesn't necessarily get on the end of absolutely everything. But it seems like when you do give Vyman a chance. More more than one in two is going in the back of the onion bag. Well, I think part of that's down to when he gets chances, he gets good chances. I think he averages about, or last season, he averaged one shot per game um, or per 90. And he was averaging, as I said, 0.25 expected goals per 90. 
and his expected goals per shot was 0.23. So yeah, basically almost all of his, well, yeah, to, to put it simply, he was getting really good chances to have an expected goals per shot of 0.23 is, is very high. They're kind of chances you find in the penalty area and kind of central. Um, so it's not like he's shooting from range and that's his average as well. So, you know, he's going to be getting some even bit better chances than that. You're looking at tap-ins in the six-yard box and finding that space there. Um, so that's all really promising because sometimes you kind of associate wingers and attacking midfielders with, you know, just having shots from outside the box and trying to curl it into the top corner, which, yeah, everyone loves to see, but you're not going to get too many goals a season from doing that. Um, Vyman seems to to be a kind of player that likes to get into the box when balls are whipped in and, and likes to make those runs and, and score easier goals and those long-range efforts. But if you do look through his highlights reel, the, there are a few long-range efforts as well. So it's it's quite a nice mixture, but the main point is that he gets chances in good areas, which I imagine is why he scores such a high amount of his shots on target. And as you touched on before, Pete, he works extremely hard. It's interesting when you look at the, the, the last his last 12 months data, an FB ref gives you a nice sort of bar chart of, of what he's doing well over the last 12 months. And he hasn't had a good 12 months in terms of getting chances, creating chances, really... In an attacking sense, it's not been, it's not been the, the best year of his career. It's actually a bit of a um, it, it's a it's a bit of an unusual year because Vyman generally is pretty good at those sorts of things. But it, it I I always uh, the, the, people won't thank me for quoting Tony uh, Tony Pulis here, but Tony Pulis always used to have a line. He used to say the one thing the opposition can't stop you doing is working hard, and that seems to be very true of Andreas Vyman, doesn't it? Pete, because he hasn't had the greatest 12 months in in an attacking sense in front of goal. But you look at what he is doing well. He's winning headers. He's in in the 84th percentile for, for winning headers. He gets blocks. He gets clearances. I mean, his, for his position, his defensive numbers are really, really good. And that's important in a core brand side. You can't help but feel it's part of the reason that, that Sarmiento and core brand just didn't mesh as a, 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 as a, as a sort of um, manager player relationship, because Sarmiento, you always you always felt whilst he did do those things more towards the end, it it, it you felt like it was almost under duress, like he he didn't want to do them, but he felt he had to if he was going to. He clearly wanted to start starting games, and he wasn't going to start games unless he started doing the defensive work. I don't think there's gonna there's gonna need any coercion to get Andy Vyman to do the off the ball side of the game. He just he just seems to do it extremely well, and I think one thing that we can say going back to that Pulis quote is that. Whether Vyman's having a good game or a bad game, I don't think there will be any lack of effort from him. Will you're not going to see Andy Vyman stood on the halfway line with his hands on his hips, sulking because the game's not going his way. No, you look at those numbers on FB Ref, and you take into consideration what we've been told and what the Bristol City fan accounts on Twitter, etc., have been saying. And um, yeah, he's a player that works hard and both on and off the ball. A player that will defend and be part of a shape and. Um, carry out tactical instructions very well. Um, I imagine his his experience throughout his career has kind of given him given him an understanding of exactly what a coach is asking him to do, um, and he can carry out those instructions. Um, but yeah, like I said before, he's also going to work hard when Albion have the ball, not necessarily just when Vyman has the ball, but when Albion has the ball to to create space for others, create space for himself, um, even just making runs in behind and, and maybe forcing the opposition back line to drop a few yards and giving 
space to John Swift or whoever's playing in those kind of positions. Um, we sort of fellows against Blackburn, the amount of runs he made in behind is, is something that we've missed at times throughout the season, I think, because especially with Sarmiento, a lot of the time he'd want the ball to his feet um, rather than be willing to make runs in behind where you, you've maybe got to exert yourself a bit more and you're not guaranteed to actually get the ball after you've made that run. Um, from what you hear, Vyman's going to be very willing to make those runs, um, even if he's not going to get the ball, but then it just it creates space for others, which is is really promising that he's willing to work for the team, both in and out of possession. And it does feel a lot like a, a Carlos Corbran signing. Um, he seems like a player that's got a lot of quality um, and has shown it in the past, and but it's also willing to do the other side of the game where where you've got to stick to instructions, be part of a unit and work hard to see yourself through the game. And I suppose it also indicates where we are as a club at right now. We're, we're in the playoff spots. Um, we desperately need to stay there till the end of the season because as a club, we're, we're desperate for promotion. Obviously, fans are anyway, but right now with the financial situation makes it even more important. And you get that by having players that are experienced and you can rely upon rather than um, having a team full of young players that, you know, you can develop them and sell them for profits later on in the um, in the future. But they might might not be so reliable right now. Vyman seems like a player is going to come in um, and is hopefully going to be, be ready to make an impact straight away and hopefully be somebody that Corbran can rely upon. Well, Corbran was very pointed in what he said on the website, actually, in his quotes, Pete, that he he said that it, this is a player that is ready to play, which which he actively went and said is important. So he obviously thinks Vyman is ready to to come straight in, could could play at Norwich if if required to do so. There will be a section of the fan base that are underwhelmed by this signing. I know there is. I've seen them on I've seen them on social media. So I'm, I'm not even being speculative there. I know that there there is a section of the fan base who are who are underwhelmed by by this signing. I also think um, there there is there's a sort of dangerous narrative going around that um, of comparing this to Mark Albrighton, where just because we signed one thirty two year one one thirty something uh, ex Villa player on loan last season and it didn't work doesn't mean to say that signing another thirty something ex Villa player on loan won't work this season. The two have absolutely nothing to do with each other. They're not correlated events in any way, shape or form and that's important to emphasize. But I think there will also be be, be fans who are looking at Hull bringing in Fabio Carvalho and and being linked with Manuel Benson and and people like that and 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 thinking but and we're we're taking a player who couldn't get in in the team of a team that's below us in the table and I do understand the thinking there but equally you know and what one man's trash is another man's treasure as the as, as the as the saying goes just because Vyman didn't have a place at Bristol City doesn't mean he hasn't got worth and. I, uh, uh, we've we, we've seen this before. We've seen Carlos Corbran breathe new life into players that we, we really thought were were potentially on on the way out. You know, Carl Bartley, Alex Mowat, to name uh, to name a couple. I, th- I think you know he's really really got a tune out of uh, Nathaniel Chalaba this season after after thinking probably at, at the end of last season that did he really have a place at the, at, uh, at this, at this, at this football club? He, you know, there was, there was a point where, where he looked like he was going, going abroad. And to be honest, if it weren't for the, for the troubles out there, I think he probably would have done. So 
you know, suddenly Corbran seems to get a tune out of out of these players. And I think we have to accept where we are as a football club that we can't pay big loan fees. We can't bring in players who are on enormous wages. And it's important to not look at players like Fabio Carvalho as free just because they're on uh, they're on loan. You know, he will be on enormous wages at Liverpool and Hull will be having to pay those wages. It's not a cheap signing to make. I would happily wager as well that, that Hull have had to pay something of a loan fee as well. These these are simply monies we don't have. And, and Andreas Weiman is obviously a transfer where whilst he will be one of Bristol City's better player, better paid players, he will also not be on anything close to Premier League wages. We won't have had to have paid uh, a, a loan fee for him and the, the fact that Taylor Gardner-Hickman has, has gone out at the same time would suggest that there is probably some financial wrangling that's gone on there as well. I mean, I, I've seen I've seen uh, rumours that uh, that by expediting the the Taylor Gardner-Hickman deal that um, that that it's meant that we're not paying all of Vyman's wages, which I don't know whether that's true or not, but but that's one of the theories that I've heard kicked around. You would think that the fact that we've uh, expedited the 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 Taylor Gardner Hickman deal would that would suggest that something has gone on there at least i think the the point i'm reaching at Pete, is first of all we have to accept where we are we haven't paid a single transfer fee under carlos corbram we we aren't in a position to go and bring in big money players we not even big money loans to be honest with you um and we've got to do things on 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 a budget and if you're going to go and get a hard working player on a loan until the uh, until the end of the season, whether he's 32 or not, and he is 32, and Corbran made it very clear that he wasn't going to be asking players for their date of birth when he was considering signing them. It's very little risk. It's very little risk. Um, he has he's played quite a few games recently. Um, uh, he's he's actually had a little bit of a renaissance since Liam Manning came in. Um, he, his goal and his assist have come uh, come in the last two hundred and ten minutes that it, that he's played. So actually, that's not a bad return in terms of goal contributions in in just over two games. Um, just or just under two and a half games. Two two goal contributions in just under two and a half games is not a particularly terrible return. It just seems like a low risk signing on the cheap t- uh, to me Pete he he bolsters the squad we don't we, we're not absolutely crying out for somebody to come in and go straight into our starting 11 at, at this moment in time adam reach did perfectly well on on the left hand side swift in the 10 and uh, and fellows on on the right uh, were, were all good performances um, against Blackburn, so I wouldn't expect Vyman to be racing into into the first team. We've got Jed Wallace coming back; he was obviously on the on the bench, and then you know you've got you you've hopefully got Grady back in a few weeks' time as as well. So I don't think we're crying out for somebody to start games for us, but it just seems like a low risk signing, a reasonably solid signing, and that's probably the best way I would uh, I would describe it. And I, as I say, I think we have to manage our own expectations as supporters as to what we can expect given our financial situation we've not been taken over yet but even if we did i keep getting it emphasized to me that that wouldn't immediately solve the problems that we still have profit and loss issues which need to be need to, need to be sorted out so that we can so that we can meet ffp and uh, uh, we, we can't just even if we got taken over by uh, by uh, you know a state like like uh, like Newcastle have and like uh, like PSG and, and Man City have, we still wouldn't be able to go out tomorrow and spend a load of money. 
because we've we've got to meet FFP and so we've got we've got to be frugal in the transfer market and I think this is a frugal signing it's a smart signing the club emphasized on the website this is a guy with I think it's 115 uh, Premier League appearances you know to be getting somebody with that kind of experience this is a guy that's been a bit was it was this is a guy that was the club captain at the at the club he's just he's just departed it's a guy with a lot of championship experience it's a guy that in 2122 Pete was the third top scorer in the league let's not forget and that you know that's not that's only that's only a couple of years ago so as long as he, as long as his levels haven't gone off a cliff this is a solid signing isn't it yeah i think so and i mean it's important to to take into consideration what what we've just been told about how Bristol City like to operate and I think a lot of people know anyway but they like to go for young players so it's not like they like to bring players up through their academy and, and develop young players and so it's not like we're just taking a player off them that can't get into their side they've got this this culture this philosophy philosophy whatever way you want to phrase it of bringing up youth so they're probably thinking Vyman's at towards the end of his career he's done well for us in the past but you know, we we focus on bringing through youth players, so it's not just a case of you know we're taking their rubbish for them. Um, and the other the other factor is that it's a six month loan. Um, it's not like we're tied down for him for years. So I suppose we'll see how he gets on. If he's happy, if we're happy, then maybe there's a deal to be done at the end of the season. But we're not forced into anything like that. And it's allowed us, the club to get a bit of cash in for Gardner Hitman. Um, everyone knows that we're we seem to be quite tight on. On finances right now, so to get some cash into the bank is going to be important. To, well, also, Pete, keep... it, it, it just because uh, this is something that <laughs> Ali from Action for Albion has emphasized to me a, a number of times, and you'll know this being the accountant that you are that it, the, the money for Taylor Gardner Hickman is pure profit as well because he came through our academy. So that money goes on our profit and loss sheet as pure profit. And the, and the important distinction to draw is if we sent went and sold. Um, say Carl and Grant tomorrow for you know whatever let's call it three million quid that still goes on our balance sheet as a loss because we owe more than that on Carl and Grant whereas because Taylor Gardner Hickman is a is a is an academy product he's effectively looked at on the balance sheet as free he's he's pure profit and we do need to sort out our profit and loss don't we so it's it, it, i think it's an important transfer from that point of view as well for for our pnl which look you know I, i'm not expecting people to fully understand it i'm not saying here it, 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 sitting here and saying that i've got a, i've got an incredible grasp of the finances but you've only got to look at right this moment in time the statements going out for everton have just put one out Forest are being threatened with um, uh, with uh, with points deductions as well, and if you don't sort your profit and loss out, that's exactly the sort of thing that you could get hit with. So these sorts of deals where we we sell somebody and it is effectively one hundred percent profit are really really important for the club, aren't they? Yeah, I mean it's not necessarily how much you owe in the deal current still, so we still owe. Um, Huddersfield money for Grant. It's it's about the the book value of the player. So it's when you sign a player, the you basically take how much you paid for them, take how much the contract's worth over the length of the contract. So I've got no idea what Carlin Grant's on, but just as an easy figure, say it's a million, and he was on a six year contract, I think. So that's six million plus whatever we paid from initially. I think it was about eighteen. 
So that's 24 million. Then you just divide that by the length of the contract. So each year you take 4 million off that because um, it's 24 divided, divided by six. And then that's their, their book value. So, um, and then it's just depending on what you sell them for. So what's he got left on his contract? I think a, a year and a half. So his book value is going to be about 6 million. So if you sold him 3 million, I think it'd be a 3 million, million loss, which is basically how it goes. But because he, and we wouldn't get anywhere near six million for him at this moment in time, would we? No. Um, and if you sold Taylor Gardner Hickman, we didn't pay um, anything for him, and because he's an academy product, yeah, there's no there's no listed book value. I don't think, which is where it comes into the, where for profit and loss consideration, the calculations they do for that. That's just going to be pure profit of how much we sold him for, which is good. Um, to be honest, I. <sighs> Without looking too deeply into it, I wouldn't, I'd be surprised if we were close to breaching any um, of the current profit and loss uh, financial fair play regulations. Um, I don't think right now, Pete, but I think uh, I think over uh, over a few year period, unless we get our profit and loss down, I think we could be in trouble in coming years. I don't think we're not, we're not in danger at this moment in time, but I think we could be. Okay, um, but yeah, I mean, either way, it's it's a selling academy products is a good way to to kind of um, almost fudge the numbers on that kind of thing because it's not actually, you know, you're not looking at actual profit. It's just how it's calculated in, in football terms. It's why Chelsea love to love to sell their younger player, uh, their academy products and um, why they love to give out eight-year contracts or whatever it is. But either way, Gardner Hickman's good for that and it's good just to get cash into the club at the minute because, um, I mean, just based on the fact that we're taking out uh, well, we took out a loan about this time last year and we took one out a couple of months ago. You'd imagine the, the club's fairly short on cash. So to get a few hundred thousand pounds or a million or whatever it was for Gardner Hitman um, into the club's pockets, then, yeah, I'm sure that's that's really good good news for the club. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great. There's nothing quite like playing at home, especially with Albion's home record under Carlos Corbran. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And just to finish up on Vyman, Pete, as well, because we've not we've not really mentioned this, it's an enormously versatile option as well. I mean, it, I just I had a look at his positions on transfer mark, and despite the fact that he's only played twenty games for Bristol City this season, transfer mark have him down as having played six different positions, which is which is really quite uh, quite incredible. Um, so he's he's clearly a very versatile player. He can he, he can play anywhere across our front three. I mean, transfer mark have him even uh, even having popped up in central midfield. I don't think there's much likelihood or danger of him playing in Moat or Yukoslu's position, but I think the reality is 
where we're lo- most likely to use him. I don't think he's really a nine either, but he's probably most prominently an option for either the wide left, the wide right, or the number 10, which currently John Swift occupies. Would you Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I'd say so. When I look at his data from last season, I got him down as the, the second best player in the attacking midfield role that I have called um, second striker, I think. So yeah, kind of similar to what John Swift does, but he's going to be a player that gets into the box and and makes those late runs, you know, where Jed Wallace or whoever's playing out wide can find him for cutbacks. And yeah, I think he's going to get a lot of chances and, and score goals. I think that based on the data and what you can see from it, that's probably going to be his, his best suited position. But the fact that he's versatile and can basically play anywhere in those attacking positions is, is really promising. And again, it's something that Corbran emphasised when he talked about getting players in the door is that I think he wanted one out and out winger and one um, player that could that was versatile and could play in a number of different positions in those attacking areas. Yeah, so fair to say we we probably expect the the winger to come uh, to come in because that th- that's not what this is. This is the versatile one, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's what it seems like to me. Um, like you say, he's he's played in a lot of positions um, across the front line. So to me, that that says versatile. And yeah, fingers crossed we can bring in bring in the other player, which seems to be. A winger, from what Corbrand said. Just on the other side of the deal, Pete, um, Taylor Gardner-Hickman going permanently to Bristol City obviously doesn't weaken us in any in any way in a, in a squad sense because he's been there all uh, all season. Ben seemed pretty pleased to be getting that deal uh, sewn up. That he's obviously made a pretty decent Im- impression there. What are your thoughts on on him him going out? Um, I mean, it's obviously always a bit of a shame when 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 a player who's come through your academy doesn't make it at, at his at his boyhood club and the, the fans always feel a greater attachment to homegrown talents um, and he did have some good moments in in an Albion shirt but it seemed to become quite clear that there wasn't the connection there between him and Corbran. Corbran for whatever reason didn't didn't see him as a player who could do what he wanted to do. Do you do you feel like this is just Whilst it's possible that in, in years to come we might look back at it and say Taylor Gardner-Hickman is now worth an awful lot more money than we sold him for and you know Bristol City might end up selling him on in a couple of years for, for a lot more than, than they've just just paid for him. I think that's extremely likely, to be honest with you. Um, but then there's nothing to say that he would have developed in such a way had he stayed at, at the Albion because he he just may well be having to sit out a lot of his time on the substitutes bench at, the, at this moment in time. And given the form of Moat and Yukoslu, um, you would you would say that's really, really rather likely. Do you think it's just a deal that is the best thing at this moment in time for for, for everybody? Even if even if in a few years' time we, we, we maybe do look back on it with the benefit of hindsight and say, oh, well, we live to regret that one. But at the time, we need the money. We, as I say, we need to improve the the, the P and L as well. And Taylor Gardner Hickman probably needed a fresh start under under a manager who 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 probably wanted him a little bit more than Corbrand does. Yeah, I think it's probably a good move for for all parties. Like you say, Corbrand didn't seem to fancy him, and um, because of that, he wasn't going to get minutes, so he wasn't going to develop as much as he could. So it was important for Gardner Hickman to go out on loan and get minutes so that he can develop, and it's important that he can keep getting minutes into the future. So. It seems like that's much more likely to happen over at Bristol City rather than it is at, at Albion. So it's a good move for him. 
good move for for West Bromwich Albion because we've got money into the into the bank when we're probably going to need it and improves our um, financial fair play position. And, and as I mean, well, looking... I suppose I suppose the other thing is Pete just to mention that if it has supplemented the Vyman deal, expediting the Taylor Gardner Hickman deal, then whilst we're going through a pr- playoff push that benefits us right now in the in terms of being able to get a player in, through the door you know i'm i'm not saying this is definitely the case but it's conceivable that we wouldn't have necessarily been able to get Vyman in otherwise had we not made the the Taylor Gardner Hickman deal happen i i'm putting two and two together there and i'm hoping i'm making four it's entirely possible i'm making five but if that is the case then you can see the logic of it there as well because it gets another body into the building at a time when, as I say, we, we, we're really pushing on and trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, it's a chance to get a player in and it's it's kind of worked out nicely that Bristol City have got a player that we quite liked and we've got a way of making that deal happen because we've got Garden Hitman out on loan there and we can make it permanent if that was the case. But, I mean, looking through the data, it, there's, not a, there's not a great deal that stands out to me from... Gardner Hickman's performances at Bristol City this season. He's basically done about average in quite a number of metrics. So fairly well-rounded, but not not a player that's standing out as being. Oh, he's a really good player and he's really well, well-rounded. It's more just, oh yeah, he's been de- he's been okay, he's been decent, and he's quite well-rounded. Um, Does he perhaps catch the eye because he has a tendency to thump one in from from a some way out every now and then? Well, it definitely helps, um, and he has he has done some good things. It's um, he's really been really good in his his duels, his defensive duels, his offensive duels. So he's a good player to have on the pitch for that. But I suppose when you buy buying Taylor Gardner Hitman at um, I think twenty two years old, he's he's one that you want to develop. And Bristol City must see a player that's worth a bit more in there. They just need to to work with him and and get it out in and probably profit from it in a few years time. And that may well be the case. But personally, I think right now it's a good deal for Albion. Um, I don't think Gardner Hitman was probably good enough to to offer what we want in our first team right now. And because of that, he, his development or, or would probably... Or disciplined enough as well, Pete. Yeah, there's that as well. And, you know, when he did play, he seemed, he seemed prone to an error, which, again, is probably just the fact that he's young and not got a lot of experience. And that'll probably go out of his game. But, yeah, we've got to look at the deal right now. And I don't think he'd get anywhere close to the starting eleven with how everyone's playing at the minute. Um, and that would just halt his development if he was sitting on the bench, not getting any minutes. So it's best for everyone. We may look at it in a few years and say, oh, Bristol City just sold him for five, six million. Why couldn't we have kept in and done that or whatever? And um, that may well be the case, but I think right now it's a good deal. And there's no guarantees that he would have developed in the same way uh, uh, for for us. You know, you can you can do you can do that with any player. Go back to their formative years and say, why didn't we sign them when five years later they went for a lot more money? But the, the reality is, there's no guarantees that they're going to develop on uh, in that way. Just lastly, very quickly before we finish, Pete, the the, the other deal that's just gone through is Mofar going out on loan to to Warsaw. Um, I know you've done a bit of a deep dive on him. Um, we most of us have seen the quotes from uh, from Grant McCann. He obviously wasn't very happy with the player or his or his representatives um, in in the way that they've conducted them themselves. I, I'm certainly not going to read too much into that from Mo's point of view. He's he's a young man and he's obviously listening to the people around him, and that's and and that's fair enough. Um, I don't think Grant McCann's going to be very happy because he act- actively said in that interview, um, I hope he goes to League One and not to another League Two club. Well, he has gone to another League Two club in Warsaw, but it is it is a League Two club further up 
the league table. They've been in decent form recently, a little bit um, halted uh, against Stockport, but then Stockport are going to end up running away with that league, aren't they? They're, they're, they're League Two's Leicester. So I don't think there's any shame in in losing to them. And I suppose another big thing for, for a young player on loan is that it's um it, it it's a local club as as well Pete you know i mean doncaster is either is either having to travel to doncaster every day or he's having to live up there so i mean he can play for warsaw still still live around here he can he can even he can even see um the albion staff physios coaches who if he, if he wants to because i mean blumenek our training grounds in warsaw so it, it, you know, it just it does make a lot of sense. It's not going to make Grant McCann very happy, but it, it to me it makes a degree of sense as long as he gets the game time. Yeah, I think so. The important thing is that he continues to start games and it allows him to keep developing. Um, I'd hate to see him end his loan move at Doncaster to then go on loan again to Lee Two, but only get half as much as starts as he was getting at Doncaster because that's going to halt his development. Yeah, I imagine the. The location of it's probably played a big part into the deal because I was reading on Saturday Tom Fellows has been in the Albion program and he said he was he kind of it was quite hard for him when he was on loan last season Tom Fellows that is because he was living away from home and it was the first time and and he maybe struggled with that a bit a bit struggled with being away from home a bit um, I think he said it also helped develop him um, but for a young player it may be difficult and that might be what's influenced far but. If he can continue playing, um, I think he'll continue scoring goals at League Two level, and yeah, that that's just the important thing for from an Albion perspective is that he can continue to develop. Because I think if he if he does continue at the rate he has, then I imagine we might be seeing him in, in an Albion shirt in a few years' time because he's gone from scoring goals in in non-league in the the National League North, I think it was, winning the league there, and then and then he settled into playing in League Two and got a good good goal return for the side that he's playing for. I think if he does get regular minutes, it's probably only going to help him that he's playing for a side that's a bit higher up the table and creates a few more chances. So giving him a few more chances to score goals himself. Unfortunately, Warsaw have already played Doncaster away, so he doesn't have to go back there and get booed, which is uh, which is always a benefit. Well, uh, we will draw it to a close there, but um, uh, with this impromptu pod, but uh, yeah, had to jump on when Albion make a signing, and we have done that. We Andreas Weiman through the door, Taylor Gardner Hickman out the door permanently, and Mofile out to a different League Two club. It's all going on at the baggies, and we sit and wait with bated breath to see whether or not, uh, as Carlos Corbran promised, there would also be an out-and-out winger in. So we await to see who that might be if indeed we can get that deal done. But until then, and until next time, which uh, unless the Albion are very quick with their business, uh, it may well be after the Norwich game. You never know, though. They might get another one done this week. But uh, until next time, thanks for listening and up the baggies. Albion have certainly been sharing the goals around this season. They're well into double figures now for different championship goal scorers. So why not take a leaf out of their book and do some sharing of your own with a McNugget share box? Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.